Welcome to the Natural Health for People and Pets podcast, a show that aims to empower you with the knowledge and tools needed to take control of your own health and well-being, as well as providing health-promoting strategies for the dogs in your life. The world of health and nutrition can be overwhelming, so what better way to understand what works and what doesn't, what's evidence-based and what's not, than to hear it from someone in the know? So, please welcome your host of the show, accredited naturopath and nutritionist, Narelle Cook. Welcome to the first episode of Natural Health for People and Pets. My name's Glenn Cook. I'm going to be a pilot on this show. I'm not the host or co-host. I'm simply going to be in the background asking questions, but I am going to introduce the host of the show, Narelle Cook. Hi, everyone. You do play an important role because as I'm explaining to our listeners all the amazing information that this podcast is going to put out there, it's important to have someone to ask the questions that are relevant and what people have in their own minds. Yeah. So we're going to have some dialogue back and forth and I'm also going to produce the show for you. So that's helpful in itself. Absolutely. (laughs) So. Why are we here? Why are we here? Mm. As Glenn said, my name's Narelle Cook. I'm a clinical naturopath, nutritionist and herbalist. Mm -hmm. And I am the creator of Natural Health for People and Pets. And the reason this show came about, it's been in the back of our minds for a long time now, but the reason it's sort of come to the fore now is because when I'm on social media, I just see there's so much conflicting information. There's so much misinformation out there. And it's really hard for people to know what's true, what's not, what's applicable to their situation and what may be harmful to their situation. Mm. So I'm really good at sifting through the bullshit, Yep. basically. So I've got a really strong background. Yeah, let's talk about that. I know you don't like talking about your qualifications and so forth, but I think it's important for the listeners of the show to know a little bit about your background, like where you got started and how you got started. And that will give them an idea of why should they listen to you? Because that's a question that people would probably have in the back of their mind, like, why should I listen to you on this? What's your expertise? So where did it all begin? Tell people about your beginnings in, in your schooling, et cetera. So I've been a research scientist, research officer for over 20 years now. So mm-hmm. my whole sort of adult career. Yep. I was one of those kids that was adamant that I was going to be a vet. Yep. I feel like every young girl wants to be a vet when they grow up. Started down that path, but ended up fainting every time I saw an operation. That pretty much rules that out. Yeah. um, (laughs) Quickly found out that that career path probably wasn't the best one for me. Mm -hmm. It worked out well because I ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Melbourne and I studied agricultural science with the aim of becoming an animal geneticist. So I still wanted to stay in that animal field, Mm -hmm. but life's interesting and you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And when I got to like third and fourth year of my degree, I majored in microbiology and pathology, but with a focus on plants. Mm. So I ended up working as a research scientist with a focus on plant pathology. And while that, I don't know, for animal people, that might sound like really dull and boring, but a big part of my work was looking at the diseases of the foods that we eat Mm -hmm. and also how to reduce chemical sprays on the foods that we eat without compromising the quality of the crops. You were working for the government for a while, weren't you? Yeah, that was a government job in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. in Australia. But while I was doing all that research, which I really loved, uh, in the background, I always had dogs Mm -hmm. and I was really absorbed in training them. At one point I had two Dobermans and one of them more than the other needed training at a higher level. So I ended up going to the local dog obedience school and who do you think I'd met there? (laughs) Surprise, surprise. The man sitting over the other side of the desk from me, my now husband, Glenn Cook. 
And from there, I did the National Dog Trainers Federation course and ran my own business as a professional dog trainer. So I sort of took a few years out from my research work because it's one of those things where you you believe if you could do your hobby full time, that life would be a dream. Mm -hmm. But after a couple of years, and I feel bad complaining about the cold Melbourne weather for all our Canadian listeners, potentially. Um, Yes. I've got no right to complain about Melbourne cold, but just, it wasn't for me. I missed the science and the research. So I ended up going back to work for a pharmaceutical company in regulatory affairs. And that was pretty intense. And I did that for a number of years. And again, just that sense that something wasn't quite aligned with, you know, who I was and what I was doing. So again, in the background, I, during my twenties, I'd suffered you know, a few different health issues that the doctors couldn't resolve and sort of just brushed off as let's wait and see, or there's nothing we can do. Or if you don't want to take this drug, then, you know, go away. And I wouldn't accept that. And I ended up getting in touch with an amazing naturopath Mm. and Michael. Well, no, that was the start of it. We Mm -hmm. did see a gentleman called Michael and he was phenomenal in his skills. He did uh, mainly iridology. He did, yep. And to be honest, when I first went along, because you took me along to him, and back then I thought, oh, this is all woo-woo and there's Mm. no way this is going to work. But I was desperate and I trusted you and I thought I need to do something because nothing's working and all the doctors were trying to do was get me onto drugs all the time, mainly antidepressants, because they thought I'm just depressed and I just feel Mm. terrible. But I went along to Michael and he gave me a bit of a time frame. He said, if you follow this diet and guideline within six weeks, you'll feel like a brand new person. And that changed my stars. That realigned my entire platform. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. And the treatments are disgusting. They're, you know, traditional oh. herbal medicine treatments. So you want to vomit just from the taste. Horrible. But they they do work. And no, but there's an Australian naturopath, Rachel Arthur, and she's mm. phenomenal. And she changed my life. So my treatment with her was like that light bulb moment, like this is my calling. This is what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to do it. It's like I need to be doing this and helping other people the way that that I was helped because yep. it, it was. It was pretty phenomenal. So while I was still working for, a, you know, a drug company, so I studied natural medicine for a, a number of years because mm-hmm. I was doing it part-time. So I ended up doing an advanced diploma in naturopathy, Mm -hmm. an advanced diploma in Western herbal medicine and an advanced diploma in nutritional medicine. And then that wasn't enough for me. So I went on and did the Bachelor of Health Science naturopathy just to round off the edges and get that more in-depth understanding of the body and treatment approaches. So that was really good. But it's interesting because most of my 20s and 30s, I was so focused on human health. Mm -hmm. I've always had dogs and I've always just fed them you know, standard kibble from a bag. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time. It was only in the last really five years. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, it's mainly in the last five years, you've really done a a complete about turn on feeding and diet. Yeah. For dogs. So I don't know why I'm embarrassed to say that it just never occurred to me to take care of my dogs in terms of diet and nutrition and, you know, health treatments the way that I do for myself and my patients. So when I sort of had that light bulb moment, I'm like, well, I need to study this a little bit more. So I already had the foundation, like all of my human studies were very in-depth in what they covered. So I went and did a couple of certificates in dog health and nutrition with some Australian organisations. So that was great. And now I operate my own clinic in Sydney and that's amazing. You know, all the people I get to help and all the dogs that I get to help. So I'm across 
both. And it, it's really funny because often I'll, it can go either way. Someone can bring their dog to me mm. for treatment and, you know, are so happy with the results that they're like, oh, can I come and see you too? And so they'll book themselves in for a human consult or I get my human patients that, you know, get to know me and are really happy. And then they're like, oh, look, this is happening with my dog. Do you think you could help? And um, yeah, so I sort of treat the whole family. Yeah, it really generated into an overall interest, didn't it? Because I mean, people have just, uh, as you said, they've come along for their own treatment and then thought, well, while I'm here, why don't I talk to you about the problems I've got with my dog or vice versa, that they've started to talk to you about their dog and then thought, well, I've got some issues as well. And before you know it, you've got both of them sitting in the room. Yeah, because often they don't know. Like a lot of my human patients come to me not knowing I treat dogs Mm. and it it might just happen to come up in conversation. And a lot of people who know me through the dog world know I treat dogs but may not realise that I have a whole human qualification side to help them as well. So it's I love the mix. And in addition to my clinic work, I've always kept my hand in the research side of things. So I work part-time for a health company doing all of their research and technical writing. So it's what I do. It's what I love. Every time I hear people talking or writing something on the internet or social media, I'm like, is that true? Like, where did that come from? Because what happens, people hear information and they just repeat it. And it's baseless. More often than not, it's just rhetoric that they're copying from somebody else who doesn't have any backup or science to well, and the thing to validate is, what they're saying. Yeah, and you just don't know, like either way. So whether it does or doesn't, you don't know until unless you look into it for yourself. Mm. But people tend just to repeat things without understanding why they're recommending it necessarily or how what they're recommending works in their body or their dog's body. And that's really important. So a big part of what I want this podcast to be about is to help people understand why you're doing something. Classic example, doesn't matter what health problem again, human or dog, that gets posted on social media, inevitably there'll be responses saying, oh, you need to have fermented foods. You mm-hmm. need to have bone broth. Like they're the cure all for whatever ails you, just fermented foods and bone broth. And I understand where that's coming from in terms of gut health is, you know, the key to overall health. But there are a lot of instances where that will be counterproductive mm. and will make the matter worse. But if you don't understand why you're recommending something or you're hearing something, you don't know if that's going to be a good thing for your dog or a bad thing for your dog, you know, a good thing for you or a bad thing for you. We really need to understand the why. So that's why I'm here. Let's just segue back a little bit into the conversation. You talked a little bit about regulatory affairs. Tell people what that actually involves, because I think that's quite interesting in as far as your journey into becoming who you became. So regulatory affairs is quite broad. Mm -hmm. The area that I was in was quite specific to agricultural chemicals. So because of my agricultural science bachelor degree, I was quite skilled in that field. So I was basically getting chemicals registered. It's quite funny because my research work with the government was developing ways to use less chemicals on our food crops. Mm -hmm. But when I went to work for this pharmaceutical agrochemical company, my job then became getting chemicals registered for use in Australia on our food crops, So, mm-hmm. which is why it didn't sit well with me you know, over the longer term. But regulatory affairs is, it's all about dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It's getting new drugs registered or any new chemicals registered for use in your country. It's changes to those registrations. It's the labels, you know, your medications and your supplements. So mm. it's basically there to back up what it says it does. And also safeguard in some of the areas. Like, for example, I remember conversations around the dinner table. You would come home and say, 
you know, I'm working on this project at the moment and the main goal is to make sure it protects the barrier reef when mm. the runoff comes from the crops and also not to harm bees because of the decline in bee populations. So I know that you were making sure that when it came to market, the governing authorities that were preventing that, would you and them would have back and forth to make sure that it was doing what it said it was going to do and not cause those residual effects. Yeah, so it's aspects of it were really fascinating, like that mm. sort of side of it. It is like good work that you're doing and you are ensuring safety for not only people but for the environment as well. Like that's a really big aspect of the work that I was doing. Mm. And the reason why I want to go back to that subject matter is because I wanted to highlight how deeply you research things. You know, a lot of people will be listening to this podcast over time, but I don't know if they understand how much effort you put into going deep into topics. Like when you immerse yourself in something, you're very studious in making sure that you get all the information and you reference it properly as well. So this complements your natural side with also your scientific side as well, is that you've combined the two of them together to get the best of what you're trying to do. Like it's not just here's an opinion or here's a popular opinion, let's go with that. Like you look into things and say, here is the treatment plan and I'm going to reference it by this reference material. Yeah, this is what it's based on. This is what it's based on, yeah. It's funny because I hear you say that. I'm like, well, that's all true, but basically it means I have no life. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the life I love. You know, I must say I wouldn't know what to do if I wasn't sort of at my computer researching pretty much anything which is not far from the truth. I can give you an example of that. When we've gone on holiday and I've been in, we've been in Fiji for argument's sake, I'll be sitting at the bottom of the ocean looking at sharks and swimming around and I'll come back up and Narelle's at the lounge with her computer there researching a scientific document. Well, there's always something to learn. And, um... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is I just, I guess what I have learned to do is appreciate how much work and effort you put into doing what you do and that you're just not being fickle about it and just brushing it aside and just saying, oh, you know, that sounds like it'll work. We'll go with that. Yeah. And it's being open to changing mm. your beliefs. And new um, sciences. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, you know, I was one of those kids that's always like, but why, but why, but why? Like, and I'm still that no longer a kid, but I'm still that person. You know, I just want to know why. Mm-hmm. I can't settle basically if I hear something and I don't understand the why mm. behind it. So it's a bit of a curse Yep. because I do struggle to relax when, you know, because there's always something, again, there's so much that you read online and I keep, and you you look up one topic and then in that process, you know, you, you come across something else and then something else and it's this red herring constantly taking you onto multiple different topics. But but that should yeah. give people faith in knowing that if they come to you or they're talking to you about a subject matter, it's not just going to be something that is popular opinion that you've just seen on the internet somewhere and you're thinking, oh, well, this sounds good enough to go with. It's a popular topic at the moment. Let's go with that. I mean, I know there's times where you've brought up things before where it's controversial to what other people are saying, but the reason you're saying it is because you're researching the science behind it. And even going further into that, I know conversations you and I have had where you've seen things online before and you've said, have a look at this topic. People are talking about this, but it's not right. Like Mm. there is factual evidence that they're not including in the conversation. And then you've gone off and found reference material where you've said to me, they started right, but they've gone askew and the information is not correct. So I think that's important. It really is important, especially in this field where you're treating a lot of the times orally with different things that Mm. people are taking or 
you know, they need to change things about their medications or diets and so forth. And I mean, I know you don't tell people to fiddle with their medications without speaking to their practitioner and so forth. Like you specifically work within the science backgrounds of pharmaceuticals and doctors and so yep. forth. So you're there as to complement what they're doing and to assist people further if they're not satisfied or things aren't working. Yeah. And look, if I could apply a one size fits all approach to all my clients, human and dog, like, wow, my life would be so much easier. Mm. I'd have so much more spare time. And that's one of the things that that's one of my bugbears with social media and the internet is everyone's pushing the latest thing and everyone's got to get on board. And it's just not the case. Like I have a very strong opinion that any medicine should be individualized Mm. because, you know, whether it's natural or, you know, mainstream pharmaceutical, unfortunately, it doesn't often happen in mainstream because doctors just don't have the time to sit down. I mean, I sit down for an hour, hour and a half with my patients to get all the history and the information I need so I can tailor it as best I can to them. But, you know, our bodies are so different. You know, our dogs' bodies are so different from other dogs, like genetically, biochemically, you know, our lifestyles, our social makeup. Mm. It's just everything influences how a treatment will or won't work. So, Well, Um, for an example of that is nuts can be nutritional to other people and it can kill others instantly. Yeah. And it can even be, you know, a lot of healthy foods can disagree. Yeah. Mm. You know, like nuts are healthy, as you said, cannot be the right sort of foods for someone else, even though they're technically healthy. So another example, you know, that's a big fad is the keto diet. Mm -hmm. The keto diet might be brilliant for saving someone's life if they've got cancer or if they've got like a really you know, a lot of metabolic dysfunction in their body. But then there are people who will go on a ketogenic diet and will suffer quite strong mood dysregulation. So they might sort of slip into a depression and and that could be because their genetics or, you know, there's a lot of factors that are at play with such an extreme diet. So that's just one example. But Mm. so I'm very, I spend a lot of time researching different supplements for dogs and people to make sure it's the right fit, different dietary approaches, you know, different ingredients. People are trusting me with their health and they're trusting me with their dog's health. That's huge. So Yeah, it is. I don't take that lightly and that's why I do what I do. That's why I research to the extent that I do because it matters to me. You know, when people trust me with their pain and with their health and, you know, they're asking me to help them, I take that on board and I take that very personally and very seriously. So, mm. So we brushed over it a little bit in the past. Tell people what you achieved when you did your bachelor in natural medicine. What did you get out of it? Okay. One of the the benefits of having your husband co-host is that they're your number one fan and love people to know all about you. Um, (laughs) So with my bachelor of health science, I did get the highest marks in the state. Mm -hmm. So I was generously rewarded for that with certificates and money. (laughs) So that was nice. But you deserved it. And I'm proud of you for doing it. It's always nice, you know, because I do put in the hours. It's nice to be recognised. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, the whole trust issue, and I know I'm repeating myself, but the whole trust issue on this is that people should know that you really put an exorbitant amount of work into this. And I know regardless of us having a relationship together, we can openly and comfortably criticise each other Mm -hmm. in a constructive way, which I'm saying. There's one thing that I could comfortably say is that Narelle will give you 110%. You really can't go past 100%, but she will. She would go right up to the final degree. In all our trades and all our professions, there's a lot of good people out there, but I just know I'm very comfortable when people are speaking to with Narelle 
that number one, she does maintain a great level of confidentiality when she's talking to patients. She won't discuss patient history with me. I won't even ask her because there would be no point. She's a vault with things like that. Like she treats things very professionally. So I'm just saying that I get to see the behind the scenes field and I'm very critical of people for not doing enough of this. It's certainly not that I know everything. That is not what no. Glenn's saying. Because, no, not at all. Uh, absolutely, I don't. But the point is I will try, if I don't know something, I will say I don't know something and mm. I will try and find the answers. So I'm here to do the best I can with the skills that I have. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be good. But let's talk about the actual show. Yes. <laughs> Stop talking about me. Let's move on. Well, this is important because this is the intro about you and who you are and what you offer. It is. So this first episode is just, as Glenn said, it's all about yeah. who why, am I? Why would you come and listen to Narelle Cook? But Glenn's been trying to get me to do this for well over 12 months now and I've been reluctant because there is, you know, there's so many people out there talking that why would my opinion make much difference? But I've had a lot of feedback from people that they are really keen. They've got a lot of questions. Mm. Um, and I was surprised at how many questions people have that they want answered. So I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. Mm. So the format of this podcast, I want it just to be short and sweet. So I'd like to keep episodes to about 30 minutes. Yep. So people can just, they're really like readily accessible to listen to, you know, in short chunks without having to take up much of your day. Mm. With the the feedback that I've got so far from different groups, because I cover dogs and humans, I've had a lot of feedback on what dog owners would like to hear about. So a lot of questions around kibble, how to select a kibble, you know, how to understand the ingredients in a kibble, you know, what to look for, what to avoid, all those sort of things. Then there's the whole raw feeding side of things. So, you know, how to get started, how to transition, the safety aspects, you know, do you feed by a ratio? Do you, you know, how do you determine how much to feed? There's lots and lots of questions that Mm. we can cover there. There's plants, bones grains, you know, there's so many controversial topics when it comes to raw food feeding, which is a big part of why I wanted to do the podcast too, because there's a lot of misinformation in that arena. Supplements is a huge topic. A lot of people with questions about supplements, like do they need them? When should they use them? What dosages? What's safe? What's not safe? And again, it's tricky because something might be really safe across the board, but for you or your dog, you might have something else going on that makes it, you know, not the right choice for you. And that's hard to cover in a podcast because I'm generalizing, but mm-hmm. but that'll be the beauty of Patreon. Yeah. So I'll I was just, just going to lead into that, that you are going to set up a Patreon channel. I thought it's really important because I can't really go into the details just in this podcast. And I know if I talk about supplements, for example, I might talk about why you might use certain supplements for a certain health condition in your dog, for example. The Patreon platform will allow me, you know, with those few people who want more personalized attention to really dig down deep into, you know, what brands, what dosages, any other questions they may have. So it really opens it up for them to have their their personal questions answered. And there'll be live Q&As, a lot of information handout. So mm. there'll be a lot of content generated and put into the Patreon forum. But other topics, you know, there's a lots of human topics. A lot of mental health is a huge issue, like the whole with COVID at the moment. We can talk about ways, you know, that you can better support your immune system and your overall health. There's, you know, weight management's always a popular topic for dogs and people, like weight mm. loss and weight gain. You know, different life stages. How do we treat our dogs, you know, diet-wise and supplement-wise, you know, as puppies, as... You know, if you've got a pregnant bitch or a lactating bitch or, a, you know, old senior dogs, they um, 
they could really benefit from some sort of specialised diet and supplement treatments too. So it's endless. Like the possibilities of what we talk about are endless and it's up to you guys, the listeners, to let me know what you really want to hear. And how would they do that? How would they get in contact with you? What are all your mediums? All of my mediums. So my business page for my clinic is Natural Health and Nutrition. So you can just Google naturalhealthandnutrition.com.au. The podcast page for Facebook is Natural Health for People and Pets podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's the same for Patreon as well. So Natural Health for People and Pets. And if they want to email you? Hello at naturalhealthandnutrition.com.au. Perfect. So you can do that through my website, probably the easiest way, mm-hmm. or through Facebook if you want to message me there as well. Okay. Thank you. Like today was just about getting to know me and what we're going to talk about going forward. So if people have got questions, they can contact you on any one of those medium platforms? Yeah, and people might know me through other forums as well. They so might they have can... a great idea for a show. They might. Hmm. But it's really exciting. So I'm looking forward to getting the information out there and helping people with their problems. Perfect. Yeah. Say goodbye. Bye.